Let's look over at Mark chapter number 6. Mark chapter number 6 and verse number 45. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when eve was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and alone on the land. And he saw them toiling in rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them. And about fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him, they uh, saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it would have been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind, wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another day, another Sunday you allow us to have. And Lord, as we come this morning, I pray, Lord, that the words that you have given me, the message you've laid on my heart, will be an encouragement to these dear folks. Encouraging, maybe convicting. Whatever you desire to be, Lord, allow your message to go forth with power and truth. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Have any of you been on a ship in a significant storm? Let's just see a raise of hand. Anyone been on a boat in a significant storm? Okay, a few of us. All right. Uh, I remember in 2005, in November, I was asked to come to our ordination council in Nova Scotia. So we were living in Newfoundland at the time. And that's a great honor to be asked to be on an ordination council. So I said, yes, I would go. Now, November is not the best time to go on a boat in the Gulf of St. Lawrence, okay? It's not a great time. Now, we got over there okay. It wasn't too bad. It was a little choppy, but it wasn't too bad. And we had the ordination council stayed for Sunday. What a great weekend it was. And Sunday night, it started to blow. Like, that's what we would call in out east as a big windstorm. It blew. Okay? And it blew for days. And by, by the wind speed, I mean like 60, 80 kilometers almost constantly. And gusts up to 100 kilometers. So you really don't notice that when you're in the basement of your father-in-law's house and eating chips and having fun times and playing games. You don't notice. It's windy outside. No big deal. Marine Atlantic, that's the name of the company that uh, does the ferry crossings, contacted us and said, hey, the boat's not crossing. It's canceled. I'm like, yay, we can stay at Grandpa's house a little longer. You know? And then about a day and a half later, they said, okay, we're going to cross. The winds have stopped. Now, they really hadn't stopped. It, it stopped from 60 down to 40, okay? So it was good enough to go across. And uh, so we got on that boat, and man, it was a nightmare. Because if the wind has been blowing that long, that hard, it just doesn't stop the waves. All right? The swell is still on. And it was bad. And you'll hear about it a little bit more as I go through this message this morning. I've never been on a ship 
in the Sea of Galilee, but I've been on a boat in other places, and it's horrible in the middle of a storm. But the reality is, let me make applications to our own lives, we go through all kinds of storms, don't we? You might not get seasick in the storm of life you have, but we all go through storms. No one gets a pass on that. And this message this morning, I hope will be encouragement to you as you're going through your storm, Jesus is with you. He's there. And He can aid you just like He did these disciples so many years ago. He was able to replace their fear with peace. That's amazing. Jesus is the source of our peace. Source of our peace is the title of my message this morning. The source of our peace. It's a great encouragement to know the Lord's always with us when we go through those storms of life that you face, that I face, that we all face, and able to give us peace during those times. So first of all, He addressed their worry. He addressed the disciples' worry. Uh, verse 50, uh, so He's walking on the water, the Lord is, and they were troubled when they saw that. I would be troubled as well. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer. <laughs> the word cheer does not come to mind when you're trying to roll contrary to the wind. The fourth watch of the night is referenced to between three and six o'clock in the morning. You know, have you noticed that three between three and six o'clock in the morning you're usually not too much with it? You know, really, it's one of the most inactive times of your brain and things. I mean, these men have been weary all night long. They see Jesus walking out there. They're scared. And He says, be of good cheer. Don't be afraid of the storm. That's what He's telling them. Don't be afraid of the storm. Now, that's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Have you ever been in the storm and things are bad? And Hey, listen, we all get there. We're like, no one has it as bad as me right now. Nobody. This is horrible. And then someone comes along, a dear brother and sister, and is like, well, don't worry. The, the, you'll, you'll get through it. It's going to be okay. And uh, you know, Be of good cheer. Don't fear the storm. And you look at them like, I want to fear the storm. Human nature, right? Yeah. We want to fear the storm. That's, that's our default position we're going to fear. But there's several good biblical reasons why we should not fear the storm. That life brings our way. First of all, storms are under His authority. Him being His is referring to Jesus. Now, verse 48, they're told, and He saw them toiling, rolling, and the wind was contrary unto them. And by the fourth watch of the night, He cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. And earlier verses, He says, you, you go on out, and you, you do what you need to do. And then in verse 51, we see that the storm stopped. The wind stopped when He got in the boat. The disciples were scared to death. Just remember who the disciples were. They were fishermen. They had, would have been used to some very precarious situations on the water. And they were working hard. They were doing everything in their power to make improvements in this voyage. And they were afraid they were going to die. They were afraid they were going to die. And Jesus used the very thing they feared. They feared the water coming in the boat. They feared the water drowning them, right? He, he used what they feared to walk upon to get to them. That's amazing when you think about it. That he used that. He demonstrates as he's walking in the water, I am in control. 
I am in control. I am in control. Calm that sea. I remember getting, pulling my car up on that. It's called the, the ferry went across was the Leif Erickson. Alright, we pulled in our car, our van. We hustle up to our rooms and decide, you know, try to get some sleep. Oh my. We went, the only thing we didn't do is go backwards, I think, or upside down, I should say. We probably did go backwards. We didn't go upside down. We went up, down, sideways, stopped, went back, all one time sometimes it felt like. The boat was all over the place. And I remember being in one of the passages. I couldn't stay in the room anymore because we were all feeling very sick. Okay? Uh, And I remember getting a passage and holding on to that rail. And I don't think I did so much praying until that moment in life. Like, I didn't feel like the boat was going to sink, but I just wanted it to be over. It was horrible. And I remember the stewards walking up and down. And, I mean, it makes me... I was a little envious. They were walking all around eating food and we're going all over the place. Like, how is that possible? And so we're whole, I'm holding on and they come by. Are you okay, sir? I'm like, don't even talk to me. Don't even talk to me. Don't even talk to me. Uh, just leave me alone. If I talk, I might get sick. Just leave me alone. All right. And all over the place. And it was, it was a nightmare, like I said earlier. But you know, God was in control of that storm that November night. Though I did not enjoy it one moment, he was in control. We serve a mighty God. And there are times when life, it doesn't appear, it feels like it's upside down, sideways, whatever way we don't want it to go. But we need to remember that as a child of God this morning, he is in control. He is in control. And He can still walk on the waves of our stormy life and bring us peace. Bring us calm as we go through that storm. And He's absolutely worthy of our trust. He's in control. So the storms are under His authority. Storms are part of His plan for our lives. Verse 45, And straightway He constrained His disciples to get into the ship. And go to the other side. The storm didn't surprise the Lord. This was His plan for the disciples. Get in your boat. Go across. Go across. Disciples were in that boat in the middle of that storm because the Lord had told them they were obedient to the Lord and that's where they were and there was a storm. They were in the storm because Jesus sent them there. Now, there's going to be... You hear them... uh, maybe in the internet or on the television or the radio, false preachers will tell you that as a child of God, God isn't ever going to put you through hard times or you're ever going to suffer. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, they're lies. They're liars. They're false. The truth is, storms are to be expected. But as a child of God this morning, I don't look forward to a storm. But I need not fear it. He's the Lord is with me. He's with me. He's going to be with me every step of the way. And, and those storms, those, those events of life, those trials, they're set my way to help me grow. They're there to help me understand that God knows where I am and He's with me. God, and there's another reason as well is that God allows these things for our, for His good and for His glory. 
And for our good as well, because it helps us grow. Helps us grow. Storms are part of His plan for our lives. And storms, I love this next point, always pass. They always pass. I'm sure the disciples thought that day that this is their final breaths. You know, maybe Peter and John were next to each other rolling. Maybe they're telling each other, well, I really, I'm so thankful I had to know you. And I mean, listen, we say all kinds of things when we think we're going to pass away. I've seen some things happen, heard some things said myself. You know, I'm showing some endearment to someone, whatever the case, and this is it. I'm going to perish here. However, when Jesus came on the scene, He was able to show them that He's in control and He brought an end to that storm. This day and every day, Jesus knows what you're facing. Aren't you glad for that? And there's things in your life that you don't feel comfortable telling other people about because you know it's just not appropriate or whatever the case is. You can talk to the Lord about it. He knows. He cares. There have no temptation taken you but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. He knows. He knows the limits of your endurance. He knows how far you can go. That storm we were in on that November 2005, we were up and down all over the place. Man, it was bad. But I'm so glad the storm passed. I'm here today to tell you about it. I'm not on a boat right now going up and down. You know, I got on that boat and the regular ferry ride was between six and seven hours. We were on it for 12. Going all over the place. I'm telling you, I think I was willing to give out cash to Marine Atlantic employees when we actually dock. I'm like, so glad I'm on dry ground. Here, take some of my money. I don't care. Just I didn't want to be on that boat anymore. And I'm telling you right now, it took me about three days to get over feeling like this. I'm dead serious. I mean, I was holding on the rails everywhere I was going. Now, I think some people thought I had some other problems. But at any rate, it was horrible for days. But it passed. But it passed. You know, we address some significant reasons for not fearing, but they may do as well for us to, for a moment to think of things that we actually do fear. You know, this morning, is all, fears come in all types of different shapes and sizes for everybody here. We all have different things we fear. Some of us might fear growing old. Others fear disease. Uh, maybe reversals. Maybe problems in relationships. Whatever it is, I mean, I don't know, but the fact remains we're all afflicted from time to time with fear. And all in honesty, we have to admit that so often the fears that we have, they never do materialize, do they? I can think of times as a kid, I was fearing something, fearing something, fearing something, and it never happened. Now, I'm glad it didn't happen, but I spent so much of wasted time and energy worrying about something. It never came to pass. Now, I, I can remember, I enjoy pizza. I like to eat it once in a while. But I remember a few years ago, I brought my family to Northern Ontario. And uh, we went and I preached for a friend of mine. He was going through a hard time. And 
Uh, he's pastoring, still pastoring there, which is great. And we took him out for dinner after, kind of like encouraged the family. And we went to Pizza Hut. And I ate some bad pizza. And I got really sick. You know, after that happened, I feared eating pizza. <laughs> you laugh, but it's true. I'm very serious. I fear pizza. You know, up until that time, I think it was about 37, I probably ate pizza once, twice, way too much a week. Okay? I never feared it before. But after, I feared it. I mean, I was a long time before I ate pizza again. Now, I have overcome that fear. Now. But do you understand the concept I'm trying to get to you? Is that sometimes we spend so much time fearing something that will never materialize, and we forget the Lord's with us as we go. He's with us. He doesn't leave us. He addressed their faith. When Jesus came to the disciples walking upon the water, they thought He was a spirit. They cried out in fear. However, He spoke to them. He addressed their fears. And He identified Himself. Verse 50. You know, It says, Be of good cheer. It is I. It is I. I'm pretty sure all the disciples knew exactly who He was referring to when He said, It is I. They had seen Him do so many miraculous things. It's Jesus. I am. Who is Jesus? He's omnipotent. For God, nothing is impossible. He's proven His power time and time again. His creation shows His power. He is all-powerful. I've had the privilege of going to Eastern Europe, Western Europe, and North America, and been in the desert in California, and I've seen some big mountains in B.C., and I've seen the coastline of Eastern Canada and Western Canada. I've seen so many wonderful, marvelous things created by the Word of God. It's amazing. Nothing impossible. Uh, so many times you see through God's Word, uh, even how He brought Israel out from Egypt, how He did that. It was amazing. His power is amazing. And over and over time, in God's Word, we see His power is beyond our imagination. He hasn't changed. Aren't you glad for that this morning? The God of who created this world and helped e- Israel out of Egypt, who helped the disciples and helps the church to get started, has not changed. His power has not withered. He is still God Almighty. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. I am declares Him to be the one who is ever-present. Now, I think we all joke around sometimes. We've met someone who's been around forever, people who just seem to be ageless, but the reality is they're not around forever. They just seem to be. They're not. Uh, and I don't know about you, I mean, sometimes I read God's Word and I, I cannot, I accept it by faith, but my own human reasoning cannot get around that God has been eternally past and eternally future. Wait, there's no start date? We're bound by time, right, humans? We're bound by time. That's what we understand. And I can't, it's hard for me to, I mean, sometimes I gotta sit down because my head starts to spin because I can't get around it, but I believe it by faith that God has been and God will always be and He's always with us. Past, present, and future. He's able to be present at all places as well at one time. 
beyond my comprehension. But I love Hebrews 13.5 where it says, For He hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I love that verse. I love it. The Lord says He'll not forsake us. Aren't you so glad that God's not a fair weather friend? Not for those around. He's an all-weather friend. He's always there. God is our refuge and strength. Our very present help in trouble. The Lord is nigh unto them to call upon Him. And to all them to call upon Him in truth. I'm very present omniscient by the virtue of the fact that Jesus is God. He knows all things. Nothing escapes Him. The eyes of the Lord in every place, beholding all evil and good. He knows the way that I take, and when I'm tried, I shall come forth as gold. This means that the child of God is this. He's, he's watching over us. He knows every part of our journey. Uh, I, I love uh, history. I love uh, military and boats and airplanes. I like all that kind of stuff. It's kind of neat. Now, you don't want me to fly an airplane, but I like to watch them. All right? And uh, I was recently in New York City, and I went to the Intrepid, an aircraft carrier in New York City, the Intrepid. And a few years ago, I was to one uh, USS Midway in San Diego. Really interesting. Awesome. I really love getting the information and things. And in uh, USS Midway in particular, we had some veterans who served on the Midway kind of give us a guided tour, which was super awesome. And... and he, this guy told us, he brought us to the, the island, you know, the, the decks, different decks, and there's the, uh, the captain's deck, you know, in the sense this is where all the, the this is where the, the captain is, and he's watching over the ship, and, you know, the uh, navigation things are all around there. But he went on to tell us that whenever our planes were taking off or landing, and you've ever been on an aircraft carrier, you see how, I mean, it's big, but you really see how small it is to land a plane on it, it's a very dangerous place. Okay, extremely dangerous. All right, and the captain watches from the bridge. He's watching. Even when the planes are flying around the clock, he stays on the bridge. Cat napping between runs if necessary. And and uh, I, I remember as I was going through the, the midway, the, the guy showed us where the captain would lay down. His bridge bed and such. You know, he would go there when he was on the bridge, just around the corner. He would lay down in between those. And therefore, every time a pilot took off, or when he landed, he knew the captain was watching. That brought some degree of fear, because he wanted to do it right, right? But it brought a degree of security, because the captain wanted him to get back on that boat safely. Hey, it's a parallel for us, folks. God's always watching. Always watching. Wherever we are, whatever bold endeavor we're involved in for Him, whatever battle you might be facing with the spiritual enemy, whatever storm you're in at the moment, He's watching. And I think there's some parallels too with, with those airmen who'd be a little bit afraid, you know, a little bit of fear there. We need to be fearful of our God. Amen. But it should give us a great deal of security knowing that He cares for us. He's watching out for us. I think of the I am to the Bible. I am the bread of life, John 6.35. I am the light of the world, John 8.12. I am the good shepherd. I'm so glad for a good shepherd. John 10.11. 
I'm the way, the truth, and the life. John 14.6 The world needs to hear that. He addressed their future. When Jesus came to the disciples that night, they were certain that their lives were over. Yet when Jesus came, He let them know He had a plan for them. For the future. Back in 45, He told them to go to the ship to the other side. He didn't say, just get in the ship. Go to the other side before unto Bethsaida. He had a destination in mind, didn't He? He knew where they were, responsible for where they were, and He had a plan for when they reached the other side. And the Lord has a plan for your life today. You might say, well, I'm not a disciple. I'm not a minister. I'm not this. I'm not that. Listen, if you're here this morning, you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your child and King, He has planned for you. He has planned for you. Follow that plan. Get involved and follow what the Lord has for you. When He spoke to them, His words are words of comfort, of hope. He spoke peace. When at the present there was no peace, they didn't feel like having any peace. They were fearful of their lives. He said, peace! And the future lays ahead and He says, hey, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Stop your worrying. Stop fearing. Now, from a human's perspective, the future looks bleak, doesn't it? Sure does. If you if you don't think so, watch the news for about half an hour and you probably need to go on some medication. I mean, it's just horrible. The things that lay out there, I mean, it's, there's not the, the news. I don't watch the news to get any hope. They don't give you any hope because how bad the economy is and how bad this country is against that one and you know, the assaults and murders and uh, the neglect and the rushing away for responsibilities. I'm pretty sure none of those things gave you any hope when I just said them. Because they're not hopeful. They're sad. They're horrible. You know, our political leaders seem more than happy to abandon any mention of God. That's sad. I was watching the, uh, well, along with my kids yesterday, we were watching the ceremonies at the war memorial in Ottawa. I wasn't very pleased with what the chaplain had to say, to be quite honest. Would never invoke the name of Jesus. Said to worship your own God and, you know, do this and do that. And hey, listen, Jesus is hope for our country. Salvation is what our country needs. Not a mishwash of this and that and that and those. No, Jesus is the answer. Him alone. There's uncertainty in most Parts of the world, I mean, they're really every part of the world, there's uncertainty. We look to Asia right now, you know, the North Korea is doing all kind of saber rattling and everything else, and this is said and that's said. And they didn't even in our own personal lives. There's so many unknowns. You know, just, how can, how will my family survive the pressures of life, you know, and, uh, well, you know, will, will all my loved ones be all right? And uh, and there's so many variables that we could come up. Well, I have enough resources for the future. And the reality is, you can't answer those questions. No, I, I can't. You can't. 
But God can. But God's not going to give you a telegram that says you're going to be okay. But He has, hasn't He? He told us in His Word we're going to be okay. God's Word says He's with us every step of the way. And we, and I know it's hard, but we must take our future and put it in His hands. It's not really ours anyway, is it? If we're going to be honest, it's not really ours. It's His. So give it to Him. Allow Him to take your future. And allow Him to guide you. And as we face the future, there's two truths that give us hope. Well, there's probably more than that, but there's two that came to my mind. Our God is always available. He's always available. And the disciples learned a very valuable lesson that night in the, on that Sea of Galilee as they're working hard, contrary winds, the water's coming in the boat. And the lesson is this, never count God out. Never count God out. Hey, we're human. We can think that He's not around. Or maybe our situation's so bad that we think He's left us. He doesn't care about us. Hey, listen, Satan's really good at the mind games, folks. He likes to get in your mind and say, He doesn't care. Who are you? Do it. You're, you're all alone. Hey, you're not. He'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Lord is with you. Almighty God. There might be times, or sorry, uh, you never count him out. He's always there and he'll never leave you. He's always by your side. He's always available. No matter the time, no matter what you face, no matter where you are on your journey. And well, I look out in this congregation today and there's folks here who are just about ready to retire and you're excited about it. Well, praise the Lord for us. But your journey is different than my journey where I have four kids at home and they're still in high school or elementary school. We face different journeys, don't we? God's with us on every step of our journey. You might have different fears or different things available in front of you, but God is available no matter what it is. You can bring it to Him. Two o'clock in the morning, you wake up and you maybe you're in fear. You can pray to Him. You can bring that to Him. Maybe you haven't slept all night. Well, you can pray all night. Because the Lord will hear you all night long. He's always there and He's always, always wants the best for us. I think sometimes we've been sold, sell, sold a, sell of, uh, a bill of goods from the world that says, God doesn't want the best for you. That's Satan's handiwork. God desires the best for you. He's not a, a cheap father who says, uh, I don't care. I'm, I'm kind of glad you're part of the family, but I don't care. He cares. And He desires the very best for you. He desires the very best for you as an individual, single young person. He desires the very best for you, married couple. He desires the very best for you, families with kids. He desires the very best for you, for those who are on the uh, cusps of retirement. He desires the best. We need to follow Him. He's always, uh, he's always available. He's always there. Thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Isaiah 58, 9. Thou shalt cry, 
And he shall say, Here I am. I don't know about you, but that gives me courage for the storms I face in my life. There's nothing that you can trust, or there's nobody, I should say, that you can trust like Jesus Christ. There's nobody. You can always depend. He's always available, and He's always enough. He's always enough. You know, we've already mentioned some things that could happen, and there may be situations that... There's going to be situations in life that happen that are beyond our control. We can't do anything about it. Hey, uh, kids get sick. We can't do anything about that. I, I don't know how to make medicine. I, I don't know how to take care of it. I have to go to the doctor, and the doctor's got to figure out what's wrong and give me the right medicine. And sadly, you know, there's lots of parents who hear, well, there is no medicine. This is it. And God's still enough in that situation. God has a plan. God's enough. Maybe there will be a, uh, a crisis uh, of some nature, maybe upheaval of some way. But through it all, God is enough. He will meet our needs. Do you believe that this morning? He will meet your needs. He will not meet all your wants. <laughs> he will meet your needs. He'll help us through those battles. He'll help us. Look unto me. Isaiah 45.22 Look unto me and be ye saved, all ye ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. Is it? It's God. God and God alone is our hope and our help as we journey through this life. He's it. He's all powerful, all present, all perceiving. He's it. If He isn't enough, then we have no hope at all. But He is enough. He is enough. He's enough for you spiritually. He's enough. He's more than enough for you spiritually. You can't contain everything he is spiritually. He's, he's enough spiritually. He, he, he's enough financially. He'll help us financially. Physically. Emotionally. I'm so glad for the last one. Eternally. Eternally. Now, I, I have been at the bedside of those who've passed from this life to the next. I've, I've seen it take place. I'm so glad that if the Lord does carry His coming and I pass from this life to the next, when I open my eyes, if that's what occurs, because I've never been there, I don't know what happens. But when I get to heaven, I'll see Jesus. And I got descriptions of heaven and God's word. There's, there's no, there's no sin. There's no sickness. It's a wonderful place. Uh, I mean, a place of rejoicing, place of fellowship. We know there's a, there's fellowship around the table. There's fellowship with one another and we serve God. Amazing. He's enough. <coughs> He's enough. Not too long now, and uh, we'll be right into Christmas, right? We'll be 
hearing the Christmas songs. Uh, you know, I grew up in a family with a lot of military uh, family members and things. And my grandpa was really, he, he served in the Second World War. He was really strict about no Christmas music until after November the 11th. Okay, that was just a rule he had. And it's a rule that still follows in my house today because it was pretty much cemented in my mind. So on the way to church this morning is no longer November 11th, right? I heard Christmas music on the way to church this morning. You know, and we're going to hear Christmas music. We're going to, we're going to be reminded once again from Isaiah, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. I look forward to being reminded. I look forward to singing those songs. But this morning, when the storms of life are raging, remember, remember. I'm going to say it one more time. Remember that Jesus is there for you. There for you. He's there with you. He's there. He longs to comfort your heart. He wants to replace your fear with His peace. To do this, you must be willing to cast all your cares upon Him. That's what the disciples did that day, right? In that boat. They saw Him. He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. They said, that's Jesus. We trust Him. Now, I understand that when He got in the boat, the storm stopped as well. But as individual believers today, we need to give those cares to the Lord. Uh, you know, there's things in life. Maybe uh, you are helping a family member. Maybe someone, there's, a, you're, there's work in progress with a relationship. There's work in progress with your children. Well, that's normal, right? That's life. But the idea is that we don't fear it. We don't fear the future. We give it to the Lord and we do our best as we go forward. That's what we do. As individuals, believers, that's what the Lord wants us to do. Give it to Him. Cast your care upon Him. And as your life unfolds, as you live your life, and it's sad that it has to be said, but it needs to be said because it's so true. been in ministry now for almost 20 years, and I've seen this said so many times, or heard it said, I should say, don't make Jesus your last resort. Make Him your first choice. Don't, don't do everything you know how to and then finally, oh, Jesus is my backstop. No, He's the first. He's the first. When those problems come, hey, when, when this situation and that relationship's not going right or maybe someone is being unreasonable and you're like, oh, I got a great thing to say to him or her. Bring it to Him first. Bring it to Him first. Bring it to the Lord first. And you know what I found? And I'm, listen, I, I'm, I'm guilty as an ex-individual believer of sometimes getting my mouth running off before I even think. I found that when I bring it to the Lord first, He gives me the exact thing to say. And the Lord never doesn't bring me words to escalate a situation the Lord doesn't work that way. The Lord brings words of peace. Brings words of peace. That's not to say we don't confront problems and we're, 
you know, we, we're going to stand for truth. But we do it in a peaceful manner and in a loving way. I have not found that yelling and screaming works either any day of the week. No, be peaceful. Allow the Lord to work into your heart and life. But I found, you know, just like I said, when I do those things, I give it to the Lord. He gives me exact words, encouragement to that individual. And they're like, Pastor, how did you know? How did you know I needed that right now? The reality is, the Lord gave it to me. I didn't know. Two minutes ago when you walked to me, I didn't know what your problem was. I didn't know what the situation you were facing. But I gave it to the Lord. Lord, give me your wisdom. Give me your wisdom to lead the flock. Give me your wisdom to help this believer. Maybe it may be the day that you're present here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, i got great news for you. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And it'll change your life. You know, uh, you know I, I've seen, uh, uh, you know, uh, analysts and, and you know, uh, TV interviewers, whatever, say, and it was a game changer. Jesus is not a game changer. He's a life changer. Jesus changes lives. I'll give you an example. Just recently, a, a young fella and young lady, I go to a Christian school once in a while and I teach and things, and they got saved. That's amazing. You know, just to cast the seed and water that seed, and they got saved. Praise the Lord. Whenever you hear someone getting saved, you should be excited. Just telling you right now. But then they hear the testimony of their teachers, and they tell me they are different. Hmm. I remember them telling me that, and they actually texted me that, and I was talking to them one day, and I walked away, and I'm like, yeah. My Lord still lives. My Lord still all powerful. He changed their lives. They didn't take some pill and make them better today. They accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and they were eternally changed. He's still in the saving business today. I would encourage you, if you have not made that choice, if you have not made that decision, to come to Him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Acts 16.31 And His salvation is forever. And the great thing is, when you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, as I've talked to this whole message and preached, the Lord's with you and you go through those storms. I do not know how people without Jesus Christ get through life. I don't know. I would be a basket case if I did not have Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I would encourage you today to come and know Him. He's the source of all peace.